Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection, with free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Well, last month, Joe Sarr and myself had a chance to sit down and chat with Ebonite Pro Staff member Mike Shady. We said we we're going to have Mike on as uh, we approach the USBC Open with the tournament just getting rolling here. Thought it'd be great to sit down and chat with Mike again, get some of his thoughts and perspective on the USBC Open Championship. So, Mike, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure being on with you guys again, and uh, always look forward to our conversation and, and uh, looking forward to some of your questions. Great. Michael, let's, let's begin here because... Um, a lot of changes going on with the USBC Open, and let's begin with probably the one that's on a lot of bowlers' minds as they get ready to prepare and get their arsenals all together is the lane conditions. One of your Turbo 2-in-1 Team Grip members, Jeff Riggles, was very vocal about uh, bowling on fresh conditions for both singles and doubles and for team. So the USBC, there's a bunch of folks involved in the USBC now. You're going to be doing that. We're going to be all be bowling on uh, fresh lane conditions, two separate conditions, but fresh conditions. So I want to get your overall thoughts on how that is uh, handled and, and really the whole decision process that went behind it. Well, I, I think it's it's a great uh, decision they made. I, you know, anytime you can make the playing field as fair as possible, I think it benefits all the players. You know, that tournament has always kind of been a almost uh, you could define as a lottery system or a a system that uh, depending on who you followed, uh, maybe what time of the day you bowled. Um, you really had a lot of variables that you had no control over, so you were kind of at the mercy of the tournament. And now, uh, you know, with the technology and they've got plenty of room, they've created a field that's the, the most fair for every player that, that enters that tournament. So it's, it was a great decision, and, and I'm, glad to, I'm glad this is the first year they're going to start making everything fresh. Uh, Mike, this is Joe Serrar here, and, and my first question will be, about equipment. Uh, being a ball guy for 50 years, uh, we know the importance equipment plays in today's game, as well as shot making, reading transition, and, and all of the above. Uh, do you have a set pattern of what you typically bring to you? Well, I, I do, Joe. You know, it's I'm just like any other competitive player. You, you try to figure out what's going on. You read the patterns. You read the graphs. You apply it on different, a bunch of different surfaces. Uh, lane surfaces, and then you go out and you play on it, and you try to figure out. But you know what? I've I, I, I think I'm in my 18th season out there now, and it's almost I've almost used the the same layouts, general layouts for for my bowling balls. And the only thing I really modify is the surface. And as you know, Joe, surface really is the primary influence for for ball motion today. And 
And uh, I use two layouts every time. I've been with Ebonite now 20 years, and, and every time Ebonite comes out with a new ball, I drill through the same ball. I, I do a, a longer pin, which is a higher RG layout, and above the fingers. And usually my mass bias ranges from 70 to, to 45. Usually it's closer to 70. And then uh, I, I do a stronger uh, layout, which is underneath the, the, the ring finger, and it's around four, four and a half inches. And the mass bias will be in the same spot as I put the longer pin. And then I, I modify the surfaces. And those two layouts for me have, have always been really, really successful. I've tried every layout that is known to mankind, and I tell all my bowlers, all my students, even my teammates that, boy, all the years I've been doing this with Evan, I, I've, there's really, most bowlers I know, there's really maybe two or three layouts that really match your ball speed, axis rotation, axis tilt. And these are the two that really match up with me. And then I, again, it's, it's, it's cover, it's core, and then the two layouts. So I, I've been using these two layouts since I've been going to USBC. In, in other words, by keeping it more simple and just slightly modifying the motion, shape, and hook potential of a ball, I mean, the, the rest obviously is, is breaking the lanes down as a team and then reading the transition as it occurs and making good shots and making spares. Exactly. It's you know, a lot of bowlers, and, and I'm around a lot of these bowlers, they really get into this equipment game. they got to have this. They're drilling all kinds of new stuff before the tournament. There's nothing better than a new cover before the tournament. But, again, you've got, as you said, Joe, you've got to keep it simple. And I found out the success of this tournament is not only the game planning you've got to put into the tournament, but you've got to get your hand in a in the proper position at the bottom. The USBC, when the, when the lanes are, are fresh and you've got all that volume up front and you've got a lot of return or response at the back, You've got to get that ball to tumble in the front, and that's getting your hand in a proper position. And uh, I'll be honest, when bef- I do a lot of skill drills before I go to the tournament, and I work on my hand at the bottom. And when I get my hand where it's really repetitive, where I, where I know I need it at the bottom, uh, I, I'm pretty confident I'm going to have a pretty good tournament when I get out there. So let me ask oh. you this, because you're, you're- – crew of uh, 10 guys both your teammates were talking now they all throw different from different companies different manufacturers like you said you've been with ebonite now we know uh, jeff is with storm and that sort of thing so how is the communication regarding the different motion that you see from each of the companies and manufacturers and uh, do you do you ever see that kind of one of the things where and we also know steve is was a, a storm guy as well does that ever come into play when you guys are, are setting things up as far as you trying to help each other uh you know it does it, it most of our guys uh, are uh, are with Jeff. They throw Storm, and and they know that uh, th- that company's equipment. And Mark's been with Ebonite McDowell, my doubles partner and teammate. So we really communicate a lot. But you know what it really comes down to, Tim? It comes down to uh, the basically the the differential and the the RG. Um, we really compare the core structure, the physics of the core. We know that uh, you know. Are we looking for something with a high diff? something with a low RG that spins and rolls quick off our hand and burns up the energy, or are we looking for something a little more medium? So the numbers we really pay attention to in the core structure, um, and uh, that that's kind of how we communicate being from different companies. So, Mike, if we can expound on this a little bit, do you feel generally players are better off with a low RG product with, a say, a lower pin position on the fresh, to not just control the midline, but more importantly, control the ball's motion when it encounters friction. 
I completely uh, you hit it right on, Joe. It's it's very important. Again, ball motion is dictated by getting the ball to slow down. So you got to have surface and you got to have a core that spins quickly off your hand. So high differentials and, and low RGs with strong pin placements to get this thing to flare up. You've got to get this thing to respond smooth at the break point. I, when I see teams struggle and individuals struggle, and we're bowling tournament. As I, I look around before we get on the, the, the lanes, the first thing I see is they just have too much response at the break point. And and as a follow to that, then as the lanes transition and and become a little drier, you have more of a friction area to throw the ball towards. Uh, other than making your feet and target moves you will typically go to a higher pin position to give you just that little cleaner length, a little quicker response down lane, and hopefully open up the pattern even more? Exactly. That, and again, that's, uh, you, you're trying to delay the spin of the ball or delay the, the motion of the ball down the lane, and that's, that's how I set up my arsenal. And, and uh, uh, I think a lot of the guys that uh, study it and, and realize um, the importance of that, that's, that's a great transition into a different bowling ball it's we always have the the beginning bowling balls that we start with and then we uh, uh, through my game planning i always have balls i i feel uh, in a real world i'm going to transition to now sometimes that doesn't happen but uh, at least uh, theory wise it's it's supposed to happen so you got a good game plan you got to have a game plan going in because if you're guessing during the tournament it's it's so quick 30 frames goes back pass so quick the three games that you've got to have some type of sequential game plan for your your arsenal so you can go to it from start to finish so mike you guys have been to reno uh, now you know numerous times numerous tournaments want to get your thoughts i guess as far as lane play from one end of the uh, stadium to the other end of the stadium you know do you guys have as a team do you have notes i mean i know there's dreaded pairs in in this in the stadium but that everyone kind of knows about but do you guys know or do you take note of you know, hey, 19 and 20, 19 hangs a little bit more than 20 does. Or do you guys pay attention or, like, even have, like, a, I don't want to say, like, a notebook, but but maybe a notebook or, or a computer uh, a Word document that kind of details some of the, the lane, you know, each of the, the quirky pairs in the center? Well, that would that would fall on. I, I try to go in with a fresh mind each and every year, even if we go back to Reno back-to-back years. I try not to hold those things. But back in my mind, I, I know they're there, but... I tell you, we get we probably got the greatest captain of any team in the country uh, because he's the most organized, most prepared, and that's Jeff Regals. Jeff will literally, he'll know basically every pair. He'll know some of the the uh, challenges on every pair. He'll know some pairs the um, maybe they they open up a little sooner, they transition. Um, <clears throat> one was last year we bowled a, a pair and team, and he knew the right lane. Uh, the response would get back, tight at the back, uh, and is exactly what happened. And in the last game, we, we just couldn't strike on the right lane. But he, with all his studying, all his planning, all his preparation, uh, he, is, he is the mastermind of our team. As I told, uh, told you earlier, he basically tells me, Shady, he calls me Shades, Shades, get your ticket for this day. I need you here. We're bowling at these times, and you can fly out at this time. And, and that's pretty simple for a, a player being under somebody's guidance and leadership like Jeff. I mean, he makes it really easy for us. But I don't think anybody in this country puts in as much preparation as Jeff. 
Well, and then uh, you lead into it, and there's that communication that you guys have with each other um, between the teams, and the, the uh, you know the you guys are all comfortable with each other, I guess. So um, for some of the bowlers, and you're going out with different members and, and that sort of thing, um, it just seems like it's a challenge. So I guess just talk about how you guys have been with each other, and you're you're familiar with each other's game, and how you know watching you guys on the on the webcast last year, you guys all are com- in the last you know five years even take it back further. You guys all communicate with each other. You do lots of uh, preparation like you said so just talk about how it how how you feel it's key to stick with one team you know and, and your same core of 10 guys well it's so important uh, the, the success of that tournament and and uh you know jeff was kind of the founder of that and and we've just kind of followed suit years ago when we started this team many years ago that you know we are all in this this together and we've had over our early years, some of our guys had a lot of RPMs. I mean, they they were they were much more comfortable sitting two or three arrows left inside some of other of us. And and if you don't get everybody on the same page, if you all kind of start with your same angle through the front and uh, and, and don't get into the same strategy uh, from start to finish, that tournament becomes almost impossible and and jeff and all of us have we bought in from day one i think this is going to be our 18th year bowling together and we've had uh, tremendous success because of that and that's that's team bowling at its best it's uh, our ultimate goal is to win an eagle every year and many of the years we've been bowling together we've we've left the tournament with the lead many of the years the majority of the years and that is all due to the the preparation we put into it and, and staying on the same game plan of regardless of what the a couple of years ago we won our, our last eagle we i don't think we doubled until the fifth frame of the first game nobody had a double yet and <clears throat> i remember mike jazz now sitting behind us hearing some of the bowlers say what are these guys doing they need to get in and and mike jazz now kept telling them just wait and all of a sudden the the game plan developed and the lanes opened up, and it was a strike fest from that point to the end of the end of the uh, the third game. So, again, it's it's because of Jeff. It's because of all our input. Uh, he he kind of leads the plan, and we we discuss it. We may revise it a little bit, and then we're the game plan is mailed out about two or three weeks before the event, and that's it. And uh, uh, once we get through, we know exactly what to do. You know, Mike, that that shows the importance of of Jeff on the team, and, and I've always felt he's the glue of that team. He, he keeps he keeps everyone together, uh, regardless of the you know performance going on at the time. And then you have Gail Myers, who I feel is the most powerful bowler on the team uh, when it comes to say hookability on on the ball. What if Gail is struggling, say, trying to play that outside part of the lane and and, and carve the pattern? Does he have the, let's say, the uh, wherewithal to move, say, a few boards deeper than anyone else just to stay away from opens and strike, or is he designed to stay in that spot regardless? Well, Gail's one of those bowlers who, in my opinion, he's he's one of the most talented, if not the most talented, self-taught players I've ever played with. I don't know if Gail's ever had anybody give him any type of instruction so he he is all self-taught. He knows his game better than anybody else on our our team or anywhere. But I've never Gail Gail's the fourth player, and I'm the anchor. And even when he's struggling, he is the last bowler in our team I ever worry about because he has got 
he's got this innate, this this heart inside that is is so strong that he figures out a way. As like you said, Joe, if he needs to go in a little bit, whatever he needs to do, he figures out a way to, to start striking. Last year's a great example. Had a bad first game, comes back with 270. Um, so he is he is the the he could be the only player that uh, I never ever have a concern about on how he's performing because I know eventually the switch goes on and he's fine and he starts striking. Well, thank you again. It was very great to to uh, have you join us and give us your perspective. You know, two time ego winner for yourself. You guys have been uh, been like you said at the top and numerous top tens and everything. So very ga- great that you were able to share some insight for our Bubble Eighty dot com listeners. As many of them prepare for the USBC Open this year in Reno again, that begins uh, March first this year. So, uh, Mike, want to thank you for joining us. I know a lot of folks here are going to check you guys out when you guys bowl on the uh, webcam. Are, are you guys going to going out about the same time again in May this year? Yeah, we'll be. I think it's around the May twentieth, and uh, I'm sure uh, we'll be uh, we'll be on the webcam again, and and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we're not getting any younger, so uh, the the years are are limited for this team. Uh, we're all pushing fifty, but uh, um, we're still competitive. So hopefully, it's another good uh, a good result this year. We can bring home another eagle. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, I'm sure you're going to do uh, very well and keep that string going. Uh, you're, you've bowled how many tournaments now, Mike? I think this is going to be 18 or 19. Uh, my my uh, captain would tell you, he could probably tell you the exact pinfall I had, my average. He could tell you. In fact, two years ago when we were done, uh, he goes, you know, that's, uh, that's the you still haven't shot under 1,900, and, and I never realized that, but Jeff would realize stuff like that. He... Uh, He's uh, he should be uh, he should be the guy that does my my tax forms because he when it comes to numbers he he's about as good as there is. <laughs> I, I mean, and that's just incredible considering all the different venues we've bowled and and just you know personally people can sometimes have an off day, but to somehow battle back and and find a way to shoot nineteen hundred or better every year is just amazing. Well, you know, Joe, I I, I really. Uh, through God's grace, and, and Jeff is a big part of that. And my game planning, I've always, uh, I've always worked hard for the tournament and I've always been prepared when I get out there. And, and uh, I've always felt, and Jeff will disagree with you, I've always felt I've thrown the best equipment in the world out there. And, and uh, he'll disagree with you that because uh, he's supposed to because he's with Storm. But uh, and I've been with Evan and I 20 years, and I've yet to shoot under 1,900. So it's, it's, uh, a lot of it goes to the equipment as well. <clears throat> For Tim Berg, Joe Sarar, Mike Shady, good luck and good bowling.